0: I'm doing good, Dad. Josh, how are you doing?
1: I'm doing well. How are you doing today, Papa? Josh, Dan, I'm fine. Thanks to Calvary.
2: I've been looking forward to this. I'm excited about what we've been talking about last week as we begin talking about the grave and Old Testament word about that and New Testament. And now here we are this evening. We're going to read from Revelation chapter 20 and uh, at some point in time, if not this evening, and during this podcast, we're going to get to the lake of fire, praying, trusting as we read together, study together. That people who are listening know Christ as their savior, they know that God sent his son, Jesus Christ, and that he bore our sins on Calvary at his death. He was buried, then three days later, he arose again. Paul says in First Corinthians 15, That's the gospel, and that we. Have that opportunity to put our trust and faith in Him. I'm praying that everybody who hears would see the need for that. Uh, God said it wasn't His will that any should perish, but it all should come to repentance. So our prayers is for that. So I think you're going to read for us, Josh. And so,
1: yeah, absolutely. About it. Um, Revelation chapter 20, um, verses 1 through 15. Uh, as written in the NIV version. Uh, And I saw an angel coming down out of heaven, having keys to the abyss and holding in his hand a great chain. He seized the dragon, that that ancient serpent who is the devil or Satan, and bound him for a thousand years. He threw him into the abyss and and locked and sealed it over him to keep him from deceiving the nations any more until 1000 until the 1000 years were ended after that he must be set free for a short time i saw thrones on which we which were seated those who had given or who had been given authority to judge and i saw the souls of those who had been beheaded because of their testimony about jesus and because of the word of god they had not worship the beast or its image and had received and had not received its mark on their foreheads or their hands they came and or they came to life and reigned with christ for a thousand years the rest of the dead did not come to life until the thousand years were ended the first resurrection Blessed and holy are those who share in the first resurrection. The second, resur- or the second death has no power over them, but they will be priests of God and of Christ and will reign with him for a thousand years. When the thousand years are over, Satan will be released from his prison and will go out to deceive the nations in the four corners of the earth, Gog and Magog, and to, ha- and to gather them for battle. In number, they are like sand, or like the sand on the seashore. They march across the breadth of the earth and surround the camp of God's people, the city he loves. But But fire came down from heaven and devoured them. And the devil who deceived them was thrown into the lake of burning sulfur, where the beast and the false prophet had been thrown. They will be tormented day and night for, uh, forever and ever. Then I saw a great white throne and him who was seated on it. The earth and heavens fled from his presence and there were, or there was no place for them. And I saw the dead, great and small, standing before the throne and books were opened. Another book was opened, which was the book of life. The, the dead were judged according to what they were, what they had done as recorded in the books the sea gave up their dead that were in it and the and death and hades gave up their uh, gave up the dead that were in them and each person was judged according to what they had done the death then death and hades were thrown into the lake of fire the lake of fire is the second death anyone whose name was not found written in the book of life was thrown into the lake of fire
2: Thank you, Josh. I've asked uh, for those who are listening uh, before we began recording for this uh, podcast. I asked if in the chapter 20 of the book of Revelation that we could go verse by verse until we get up to the very end of it about the lake of fire. And uh, I think it's doing justice to what is here, because this uh, covers, as read, a thousand years from the beginning in verse 1, and then even speaks of eternity for those whose name is not written in the book of life. And so, uh, if it's okay, I, I just want, again, our friends... From time to time, listen to the podcast. I, I want you to know that I, I don't, I'm, I've never considered myself scholarly in understanding the scriptures. I've spent many years in reading and study, preaching, preparing messages for that. But I, I'm the student, that's all. Study to show thyself approved unto God, a workman that needs not to be ashamed. I want to rightly divide the scriptures. And so the, there's much in these verses that, uh, to consider for those that are living now and beyond the time uh, that we will have upon this earth ourselves. But in verse 1, in the King James, it said, I saw an angel come down from heaven having the key to the bottomless pit in a great chain in his hand. I know that you're of the same understanding that I have of angels of much more powerful. This is a angel commissioned by God. He's going to lay hold on a, another angelic creation of God. Uh, that's reported in verse number two to be the dragon, old James devil, Satan, and this uh, angel that's come down from heaven with a chain in his hand is going to bind him for 1,000 years. Consider that. I'm 76 years of age. It seems to me that 1,000 years is a long, long time. Was it Methuselah that lived 969 years? Yep. That's a long time to be alive on this earth. Can you imagine? So we're talking about the lake of fire in the ending of this chapter. And we're talking about that happening one thousand years beyond what we're reading in verse number one, verse number two. It's a long time. So seems-
1: within within Hebrew numerology, a thousand whenever the, the- the number a thousand is associated with years. It means an age. It doesn't necessarily mean exactly a thousand years. However, um, the Bible does say that during the the millennial reign, um, that uh, if anybody dies um, uh, or only lives to be a hundred, then they will be they will be seen as have, having died young. So, um, you know, it 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 will be a very long uh, age or period, um, and and people will you know, uh, live for, for much longer than what we're used to, um, today during that time period.
2: And Josh didn't even in the NIV more than once, say 1000 years there. Mm -hmm. Yeah. No thousand is a millennial.
1: Right, right, right. Yeah. Yeah. Just the way that the, the reader would have read, especially the Hebrew reader would have read that they would have read that as, as closer to an age versus, um, the literal thousand years but if it is literal. Yeah, it could be very well be literal as well.
2: We're talking about a long time right. in these 15 verses. And so there are going to be people that's going into that, those people who in the age that we're living right now prior to the taking away of the church, the rapture as we understand it according to 1 Thessalonians chapter 4 and 1 Thess- uh, Corinthians chapter 15 at some point in time and we've discussed that we've discussed that before pre-trib mid-trib post-trib and whenever that does occur there's going to be the time then we discover in revelation that uh, satan and there's a lot of people just think that he's a you know a figment of everybody's imagination that he's he's not a real being but according to scripture he was one created by god and you'll have to help me understand this he's created by god and it seems to be according to other portions of scripture that he was the worship leader and then and now then he he chooses uh, he chooses to rebel against god and then takes many to follow him Dang. in rebellion. And he's He's been without being bound. He's, he's limited. I mean, he's only has the power that God allows him to have. And according to scripture, he's the God with a little liturgy of this world right now. And it may be the world uh, system, maybe the world view, but he's been. He's been free to roam to and fro in the earth up until this up until this time that he is bound. And so, any any thoughts?
1: Um yep. Yeah, go ahead, Dad. Mine's brief.
0: I uh, I love that at the beginning of the book of Job, when God holds court and He calls all of His angels to appear before Him, Lucifer shows up. And in my opinion, it's not like Lucifer snuck in. I I think that he had to come because God called. So, yeah, he's the devil, he's Satan, but he's God's devil. So, as bad as he may seem, God created him. God still controls him. Okay. So, you, you want to talk about a complex thought. You know, God allows Satan to be Satan. God allows evil to exist. And that, I think, is a very complex question. Why does he allow evil to exist? Why does he allow the devil to be the devil? So, but even in the midst of those questions, we can take hope and encouragement because he's God's devil, and then we already know the way the the book ends. As a matter of fact, when Jesus showed up, correct me if i'm wrong there was a was it the demoniac of the Gadarenes where he showed up and then they ran and fell to his feet and said is today that you're is today the day you're here to destroy us because the the demons even knew how the story ends nope. they're just waiting for the day when it actually ends
2: i'm glad that he has limited power
1: yeah he has ask- us. Uh,
2: but you even the verse, it pops into my mind. Is greater is he that is with me than he that is in the world? And what I'm thinking that's referring to is the Holy Spirit, is third person of the Godhead, and He lives with us. And and Satan can influence us. Can we say that he sometimes will? <laughs> I don't know that it's Satan. Satan. Satan is certainly is not omnipresent present.
1: No, no, he's, he there's, he there's specific everywhere at yeah. all
2: times. And so sometimes we we'll give him credit that he don't deserve, but our flesh is, I can speak for myself. My flesh is an enemy at times.
0: Yeah. Those, my, those people who say, you know, devil's been bugging me all week.
1: Yeah. Oh, Devil made Satan. me do it.
0: Yeah. Satan's been on my case all week. It's like, who are you? I mean, there's only one Satan, you know, and he's, you're that important. He's come to you to bug you. That's impressive. I, I don't know really what role you play in the world, but I would think he's probably uh, more of a managerial type. And uh, he sends his demons out to do his dirty work, maybe on rare occasion. He steps out personally. But, uh, you know, like you were saying, Dad, it's flesh. We we give devil way too much credit. We, we give... We give demons way too much credit. We're, you know, we're sinners saved by grace, but we're we're still sinners. We're we'll, we're still prone to sin if we don't uh, submit ourselves to the Holy Spirit.
2: I'm sure that i have from time to time upset people thinking about those kind of things, especially people who claim that you can arrive at perfection here <laughs> on this planet.
1: Why do you call me good? There's no man, or there's no one good but God.
2: And and I say many times, Josh, I've said it more than once, not many maybe, uh, while preaching that my soul is saved. I'm secure. I'm sealed. Holy Spirit of God has sealed me. But my flesh is not saved. My mind is part of my flesh. And I'm not that mind. It's not stay. If it was, I wouldn't have the evil thoughts from time to time, the impure thoughts, the immoral thoughts that I have from time to time. And, and that I have to chalk that up. That is in the column of the flesh, in the column of the worldly, the world and the impression, the influence the world has on my flesh. And I think Paul experienced the same thing. He put it in different words in Romans chapter 7. He was tugged one way and tugged another way and wanted to do what God wanted him to do, led by the Holy Spirit, and then would give in to the things of the flesh. Maybe not. Maybe maybe when I see him someday, he can help me understand better what he was talking about in Romans 7.
0: You know, I I signed up for a, for a uh, weight loss program called Noom this weekend, spent some money on it, and I haven't lost a pound yet. Uh, you, you know, it's kind of crazy. Just, I mean, I guess if you if you weighed the bills that came out of my pocket, maybe that is close to a pound. But, uh, but, I, I uh, you know, it, it's funny because Christian life can be just like this. Man, I don't know why I'm not losing weight. I gave them my money. Yeah. So. It's like, hey, I went to an altar and prayed. I don't know why I'm not feeling better. I don't know why I'm not doing better. Well, I have to read the app. I have to look at the instructions for the program, and then I have to try to follow those those instructions that are written on the app that I read in my hand. And then I've got a coach. I've got an accountability partner, and I have to talk to them. I have to go through the steps and through the motions, and I have to do these things for the program to be successful. Here's what's crazy. People go, you know, well, I'm still having all these problems in my life. And, and granted, let me, let me back up. I've still got plenty of problems in my life. But, but my problems in my life is because I don't follow the instructions in the book. I, I don't, you know, that thing that I'm reading, if I do what it says, I wouldn't have nearly as many problems. If my counselor, if my coach called the Holy Spirit, if I pay attention to what he tells me, I'd be doing a lot better. My accountability partners. If I were more connected with uh, brothers in Christ on a more regular basis and allowed them to hold me accountable, I'd be doing a lot better. See this this uh, this thing called uh, Christian life. It's it is a miracle, but it still takes some effort from us to to move in those. We we don't earn our salvation by no means whatsoever, but we live out. Our salvation. We live out a life that's worthy of the grace that's been given to us. So these are concepts in Scripture. So I'm not saying anything contrary to Scripture, just when you put your faith and trust in Jesus Christ, he will change you if you let him. He's a gentleman. He won't barge his way into your life. He stands, get this, behold, I stand at the door and knock. He did not say, I'm out here shoving and kicking on that door. I'm trying to knock the door down. He didn't say that. Here's what's crazy. He could talk to the door, and the door would fly open. But he doesn't force himself in. So this whole thing about flesh, you know it's its a reality. It's a daily struggle. Paul said, die daily. Uh, I was supposed to read my Noom app daily. I'm supposed to weigh daily. Goodness gracious. Nobody wants to weigh every day, but you know what? If I'd look in that mirror called the Bible, that's that's weighing my soul. And the sad truth is, if I was honest and looked at that scale, I would be fi- I would be found wanting, and I definitely need
2: a savior every day of my life. And we could each one say hallelujah for Jesus and what he's done for us by bearing our sins at Calvary. And that's what he wants to do for everybody. And, uh, just like us. Uh, everybody can come to know Jesus as a Savior. Whosoever shall call upon him shall be saved. And so what a blessing. The, the thing that I think the Lord allows us because of Scripture and understanding that he allows us to have to explore what we are right now and think about Revelation chapter 20 and the fact that Satan is going to be bound for a thousand years. There's going to be different kind of people in that time frame. There's going to be those who have been given, uh, they've been resurrected, they've been taken away from here The moment in the twinkling of a line, they are like him. They're coming back with him in chapter 19. It talks about that. There's going to be another, obviously, there's different groups of people that's going to be in these verses that we're reading about, and some of them are not going to know who Christ is. There's going to be, during that time, people who are born to the mortals, not those of us who have taken on says flesh and blood cannot enter into heaven, and so we're going to be given a new body, one according to the book of John. It'll look like we don't know yet, but God loves us in chapter 3. When he comes again, we'll see him as he is. We'll be like he is, and, and so we'll be there with him during the thousand years. But the people who come out of the Great Tribulation, they're going to be there with him for a thousand years as well. And then uh, during that time, there's going to be people that's going to be born during that time. And so Satan, even though he's bound, it's going to be ruled. It's going to be a time that's ruled by Jesus himself, by Christ. His throne is going to be set up, and he's going to be absolutely ruling upon this planet that we're living right now. What is your What is your impression of Satan? Other, uh, other than, I don't know. Do you, can you even have a man, mental impression of him? No, I
1: mean, you know, I can, I can do my best to to, under, to try to understand what the Bible says. I mean, the Bible says that that you know he was he rebelled against God. He's he you know everything that he does, he does in rebellion. It, it is interesting like that you know i uh, had had pointed out that that he uh he he still has to go and ask for permission before he he makes you know at least certain moves we know um uh before he went to job he had to go and uh it's seemingly you know was was forced to go and talk to god about it i would assume that he um wouldn't you know it wasn't just because he was challenging god at the time but um uh you know Helm the other Angels that are rebelling against uh, God um, seem to be working um, together. But um, I know that there are other um, uh, angels that, that uh, have fallen that, that work with him or, or that work uh, against God. Um, you know, we, we see that in the, the Watchers um, or the, the sons of uh, God um, in Genesis 6 with the, uh, the, that, that laid with uh, other women or with uh, humans and, and had created offspring. Um, in the time of the of Babylon, um, but uh, um, how many there are, um, or uh, how you know uh, exactly what um, spiritual gifts that they have, um, what they're able to do against us, or um, things like that. There, that's that's still somewhat foreign to me. Um, I, but you know, the the the, the most important thing. I can think of is is that that they're deceitful and and that they uh, that they are against God and if God's good um, is the the embodiment of good um, then then what is against Him has to be evil. So regardless of of what they you know what what you may hear about um, demons or or you know. Um, the, the one that is to come and and the false prophet and the antichrist um that um that those those are still working against good um th- everything that is good is they they're working against that so
2: uh, they exist within that and Satan himself exists today within that spirit realm and someday when when he's uh, released from this uh bottomless pit this uh, abyss and he, it, it would really be at that time everybody looking, is he really the one that this is this is who's caused all the misery that we've uh, you know that people have experienced. I, I just don't know. I'm thinking in a human mind now, and so, <clears throat> but I, I think of uh a lot you know during uh Sodom and Gomorrah's time, and those uh, was uh to begin with, three that came spoke to Abraham and they revealed to Abraham that uh, they were fixing to judgment was about to happen to the folks in Sodom and Gomorrah. And uh, Lot was there, and these were angelic beings, but they were recognized as human beings. They were recognized as males, actually. And so there's uh, places in things in the scripture. So I'm guessing, I'm just guessing, I'm guessing they can take on bodily forms, become visible too. And then Hebrews says, you know, you have to be careful because you may have entertained angels mm-hmm. at times. Uh, angels are in a realm different from ours. I mean, we're in, we're in, we're in a, what a two dimension thing, but they're in a, there is another dimension out there that uh, they're part of. And we talk about the spiritual wars that are going on all the time, the unseen. And so there's, uh, uh, for lack of a better term, there's ghostly things that are happening. I think that little boy going, I see dead
0: people. (laughs) But uh, So who was it? Was it Elijah, the prophet? Had his uh, servant with him.
2: They oh, went to. You, oh camp. yeah, yeah. Bring yeah, that up. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: yeah. So li- listen, uh, I'm not necessarily endorsing the movie, but if you've ever seen it, you might understand. There's a movie called City of Angels, has Nick Nicholas Cage in it. There's a concept in the movie that I really liked. It shows angels just standing around watching us live our lives. There's there's some evidence to. Uh, Support that angels are nearby and often observing, and watching. And as Dad was saying, let me minor uh, minor scientific correction: we don't live in a two dimensional world; we live in a three dimensional world, Dad. Where everything has uh, height, depth, and width. But uh, but there are other there there are quantum physics and and some fascinating science that are out there that leads us to believe that there may be other dimensions that we can't perceive. So, and, and that's that's modern science. So, if if there's any truth to that, that, that could explain how that the angels are nearby and we can't see them. And they're amongst us, we can't see them. There's, there's fascinating stories, even in modern time, of angels interacting with people. I, I personally think that when I was a teen, uh, actually Joshua's mother and I, we're in the backseat of a car and uh, waiting on dad to run in somewhere. And I, I think it, we had an encounter with an angel, in my opinion, and uh, still don't know what it means. So it's always fascinating to me. But um, there there is a story, Elijah and, and his prophet being chased by, who was it? Jezebel, Philistines? I'm trying to remember who was killing him or trying to kill him. Was it Jezebel?
2: I don't know. I don't remember. It's Been uh, a while they, since I've read the story, but wow, what a powerful story.
0: They they were uh, chased into a canyon, and the servant looked at Elijah and said, uh, you crazy old man, you've led us in here to die. There's no way out. They're going to catch us. Elijah looked at him, smiled, looked, looked up to heaven, said, Father, open his eyes so he can see. And the servant's eyes were opened, and now he could see in the canyon standing around him. They were surrounded by a host of angels dressed in military regalia, ready to fight off those who were coming to slay them. There's a story told of uh, during one of the, the wars when Israel was a very young nation. Uh, there were some soldiers that ran into a canyon. And some believe in the same area, possibly even the same canyon. They ran into the canyon. And it was a dead end, and they were um, they were not going to be able to get out and survive. So they started to pray, and as they prayed, the opposing army crested the hill, and they had armament. They had tanks. They had uh, jeeps, and then as they crested the hill, they stopped, and then all of a sudden, they said that the ta- the lids on the tanks started popping open. Uh, people started bailing out of the tanks and running away, leaving all the equipment there, leaving the jeeps, leaving all the all the things running away on foot away from the canyon. So, of course, being the good soldiers they were, they chased down the opposing army. And, of course, they caught the fat, lazy officer who was now at the rear of the formation because everybody had outran him when they held, when they captured him. He was angry with them, and he says, where are the rest of you, Jew? And they said, what? He said, where are the rest of you? He said, "This is just us three. He said, you lie. So when we crested the hill, we looked into the canyon. And you had led us into an ambush because it was lined with all kinds of military hardware, soldiers, weaponry, all pointed at us. And we knew that we were about to die. So there's, there's angels. You know, we, um, our, our trust and faith is in Jesus Christ, who is the Son of God. But he has given us a comforter that's with us at all times. That's the Holy Spirit. But there is this continual war going on. We, you know, we we talk about hell being prepared for the devil and his angels. Folks, you you need to understand God when he cast Lucifer out of heaven. And Josh, for your uh, reference, there's a reference to that in Revelation 12, how that he took a third of the stars in Revelation 12 with him. Uh, And many believe that's a reference to the angels. But um, so lucifer was cast onto earth and god created heaven and earth and he somehow decided to make eden to make this world that we live in and place us right in the middle of the battlefield so if you're familiar with the concept of a refugee a refugee is someone who's caught in the midst of a battle and has lost their home because of the battle here's what's fascinating folks Adam and Eve were kicked out of out of Eden because of sin, because of the battle. We are the descendants of Adam and Eve. We do not have a home. We, we, this is not our home. We're traveling through this place looking for a city, looking for a land to which I've never been, which is actually my home. We, who are believers in Jesus Christ, are technically refugees, because we are in the middle of a battlefield where we have the devil and his angels— we have them fighting against angels every day, every moment of our lives. And if, if God would open our eyes, we'd look outside of our homes. We may just look right here in the living room in our house, and we may see that there's a battlefield right here in front of us, and our eyes are blinded to it. But if you read the book, it'll tell you all about it, because it's a battle for the most precious thing on the planet, and that precious thing is you. That's me. And they're battling over us because the devil and his angels, Satan and his and the fallen angels, do not want you to hear about the gospel of Jesus Christ. They don't want you to accept Christ because for some sick, twisted reason, they want to take you to hell with them. So please don't let them win. Please accept Christ as Savior.
2: So that's awesome. You mentioned uh, I think it was last week we were talking about even the at the birth of Christ, how there was a host of angels. Uh shepherds that was abiding in the field at that time, watching over their flock. They saw that. And so there's there's there can be times when you just mentioned Elijah and how that he wanted his servant to know that there was present with them many angels and we're the children of God ourselves, and present with us daily are those protecting us. I don't know whether you've ever read anything novels by Frank Peretti or not. He deals with those subjects, and he says that even in our worship places, places of worship in church, he said, "There's there's evil yeah. angels, there's there's good angels, evil angels doing battle all the time to keep." God's people from worshiping Jesus Christ. They just don't want it, and so you know, Satan, it's, Satan is the head. He's the head, honcho.
0: They're there. They're in the middle of a church service to try to distract and and to get uh, sinners to not not hear the gospel. That's, Absolutely. So it's it's incredible to think. Um, you know I, I have no problem i i hear people talking about all kinds of miracles that happen in their lives i have no problem with that uh you know god's you know praise god and that that he be glorified and that's that's it but uh i, I i've heard i've heard all kinds of military stories about a guy walking into a, a building over in iraq or afghanistan i forget where but his first one on his team and uh, and as soon as he stepped through the door there was a doorway off to one side and and uh, a grenade was lobbed through the doorway from beside of him he talks about how someone shoved him so hard he physically flew to the back of the house and hit the back wall before the grenade detonated and then the report was saying that the grenade had, the concussion from the grenade had thrown him to the back. He's like, no, if that grenade would have went off as close as I was, it would have. I would have gotten severe shrapnel and damage. He said, I didn't get anything, didn't get a scratch. He said, something threw me before the grenade went off. And at first, he was thanking the sergeant that was behind him because he thought the sergeant had seen the grenade because somebody yelled grenade, and he thought the sergeant had somehow just, had his burst of energy and, and thrown him to the back of the building away from the grenade and the sergeant stepped back. Sergeant told him, no, he said, I I really thought you were a goner. He said, so I stepped back to save myself so I could, you know, move in, engage the enemy and, and assist you. And he, kids like, no, somebody shoved me. So I, I don't know, but come find out he's got a mom at home praying for him. So Tell me that angels don't exist. I, I don't believe it. I, I believe they interact with us every day. I believe they interact with us in ways we don't even understand. What we don't even comprehend. Little things. Um, just anyway, we, we spend a lot of time talking about angels, and uh, you know they they're fascinating beings. Satan is an angel. He was an archangel he was he was numero uno angel so he is probably one of the most angelic uh, most powerful angelic creatures god's ever created and i i'm thankful to know that as evil and as as um, just just every negative thing you can think about all of that seems to be embodied in Satan. And yet um, it will be bound. It will be thrown into a bottomless pit, which just that aspect alone, bottomless, you know, what, what will he be doing falling for a thousand years? Cause he's never going to hit bottom. And then uh, I was wanting to do this in a, in a, Southern country version of the, of this Bible. We need to, we we need to get together, dad, and collaborate on a, uh, a Southern version of the Bible. So, cause I think this would read something like this. And that angel that came down from heaven, well, he grabbed that old dragon up by the back of his neck. He looked at him. He said, you ancient serpent, you devil, you Satan. I'm going to bind you up, throw you here in this hell your hole. That hole ain't got no bottom to it. You're just going to go in there, and you're just going to fall forever and ever and ever. Then, then once I put you in that hole, I'm going to take a six-inch piece of concrete slab and put it right on top of that hole. It's going to be so strong, nobody's going to get it off, and nobody can move it except me and Jesus. Then we're going to come down here and get that thing up in about a 1,000 years. Boy, don't you ever get your hopes up because when we get you out of that hole in 1,000 years, it's going to be a little short time. Then you're going to go away forever. You understand me, boy? That's what this is like.
2: (laughs) I hope everybody enjoyed that as much as this Southern boy is. (laughs) Well... uh, I guess that would be a note, a good note to pray on, wouldn't it? Yeah.
0: <laughs> you no, know, listen, going up against angels, it's like them. Uh, it's like when, uh, who was it? Uh, Sherman. Was it Sherman that went through Georgia?
1: Mm-hmm. Help me yeah, out. Sherman was the one that burned yeah. the South.
0: He ripped Georgia in half, is what he did. When he got down around Stone Mountain, I don't know if you heard this story or not, but. He's marching through Georgia, just tearing everything up, burning everything left and right, and just two mile swath of just nothing but devastation all the way through the state. He gets down to, to Stone Mountain, and then there's a rebel up on top of that mountain. He stand up on the top of that mountain. He's hollering down obscenities at the Yankee army as they come through. He's just saying horrible things. Then he said something bad about Sherman. That made Sherman mad. So he looked at he looked at the lieutenant. He said, "Lieutenant, grab ten men, go up here on top of that mountain, bring that bring that Confederate soldier down to me." So he grabbed ten of his strongest men and they go up on top of the mountain. He heard some ruckus and fighting going on, and after a after a while, things got quiet. And that rebel soldier came back to the edge of the mountain, hollered back down at him, started saying some horrible horrible things about uh, about the Yankees. That really made Sherman mad. He looked at the captain. He said, Captain, take 50 men. Go up there and get him. Bring him back down. So 50 men go up the mountain. There's more ruckus and all kinds of noise going on. You can hear the sounds of battle. Then a little bit of time goes by. It's quiet. All of a sudden. That rebel comes to the edge of the mountain again. He looks down at him. He just starts up with those obscenities all over again. Sherman's mad as a wet hen now. Sherman looks at his major, and he says, Major, take 100 men and go up there, and you bring me back the dead body of that, that Confederate soldier. Do it now. Major said, Yes, sir. And he goes up the hill. They get up on top of that mountain. You hear it again, man. It just, It's just blood-curdling noise of war going on, just horrible, horrible sounds. That goes on for an hour or two. And then finally, finally, it starts to die down a little bit, then it gets quiet, and here comes one one Yankee soldier running back to the formation, waving his arms, waving his arms, going, run, it's an ambush. There's two of them. So that's about like going up against angels.
2: I don't think I've ever heard that story.
0: Oh, yeah. That's in a a history book somewhere, I'm pretty sure.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Well, that's uh, wrapping it up. Not only is this uh, Satan cast into that pit, he's bound. It'd be one thing to be cast into a pit when you could frail your arms, your feet, everything. But he is in chains. It's amazing. It's amazing. The Word of God is so exciting, isn't it? I'm glad I know Jesus is my Savior. Hope everybody listening does.
1: You have any prayer requests? Um, Just uh, healthy pregnancy. Continued healthy pregnancy.
2: Amen. That's good. There Work. It. Let's pray together. Father, I ban your presence in Jesus' name didn't get far tonight in the scriptures there. And I knew that we wouldn't. There's a lot to cover in those 15 verses. I'm praying, though, for those who may be listening. It's my prayer. It is that there will not only be believers that will listen from time to time, but there will be unbelievers who would find an interest in, led by the Holy Spirit to listen. Because it's Him, His power. It will bring upon them conviction that they need a savior. And that savior is Jesus Christ. Thank you, Lord, that we have this time together. Thank you for Josh and the birth of this podcast, thoughts, meditation in his own heart. Thank you so much for it. Andrew, him and Dan, and getting together the way that we do to study your word. Father, our prayers all for Andrew and Josh and Daniel together they're excited about a new addition to their family living already waiting to be brought into this world i pray for just a miraculous already in the life of their new baby i pray dear lord for day and work we pray nightly we pray all the time for our family Not only, Lord, that we'd be together here, but we'd be together forever. I praise you for your son, Jesus, for the Holy Spirit living within us. Thank you for your word. Appreciate everything that has been said tonight, especially that Lord, about if we would just read and apply your word to our life. Do the things that you want us to do. Life even here. We live it, but it could be abundant. And I praise you for salvation. Thank you for all you do for us. I pray, Lord, that we'd be a light to others, that we could bring honor and glory to the Father. We ask it all in Jesus' name and for his sake. Amen.
1: Amen. If you're enjoying the Thanks to Calvary podcast, make sure to follow us on Facebook at facebook.com slash thanks to Calvary. If you would like to reach out to us for prayer requests, ideas for future episodes, or just to say hi, message us on Facebook, or leave us a voicemail at anchor.fm slash thanks to Calvary slash message, or email us at thanks to Calvary podcast at gmail.com.